All right, Emily. So I have uh, a story I want to tell you that I think you partially know, but for our listeners and viewers, they may not know. Also, happy season four, right? Well, I think, have I talked to you about this? No, I'm so sorry. We've just kind of killed seasons. Oh, okay, great. Okay, great. (laughs) Sorry. So I'm sorry I said that. Well, we didn't take a break, but on, if I don't know where you see this, but if you look at our catalog, this will be season four. Yeah. But I don't know how that works other than on Anchor or Or on YouTube. Oh, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. But it's not like a big deal. It's, well, it's kind of a big deal. I will say we've been doing this for a while. Isn't that kind of fun? It is very fun, actually. Yeah. Like, the, so I'll get into my story in a second. Yeah, sorry. Do you have like a favorite mm. season one through three moment? Because we've done a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Is there anything that you've been like, or conversation? It could be funny, serious, sad, whatever. Like, is there anything you're like, this is my jam? Immediately, I know my answer. Um, It is when I was re-listening to... The one where we were kind of grappling with the Holy Spirit. And I was like, I think I should just not listen to the Holy Spirit. And then I was like, eh. and we had a conversation where you said, you said, honestly, I love this because you're doing this in real time. And you were like, sometimes I don't know what you actually think versus <laughs> what's locked and loaded because sure. those seem easier. And I just thought that was such a genuine aspect of deconstruction that happened on screen or yeah. on mic. And that was really like that was really beautiful to me. Hmm, what about you? It's a good question. I uh, other than making like, you eat hot mm-hmm. sauces, yeah. <laughs> which is by far one of my favorite yeah. experiences I've ever had. Um, <laughs> also, I will say before I get to my like our conversation, I went back and listened to the hard question you asked me at the end, and I was like, I didn't love everything I said. I didn't think it was as articulate as I wanted, and I didn't, like. But I one of the things I appreciate, and I think I said on that episode, is like we're modeling that you can have hard conversations and not have it all clean. And I think that was really cool. Like yeah. to be able to be like, I'm just going to process with people, which is essentially what you just said. Um, but what I will say is, and it might just go to just listen to it, the COVID and deconstruction episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, really enjoyed because for the first time re-listening, yeah. I like learned something from us. Like I re-listened to him and like, I liked it. But I heard something that like impacted the way I thought about ministry and the way I thought about stuff, which was the idea that like every like the paradigm has shifted. And like I mm. like we went into this and I went into starting the church and a lot like, oh, the, we shifted. Now we're going to do this. And it's like what I think I realized is at least I heard in the tone of that. It's like it's always shifting. Yes. And it's like we can't just sit static mm. and say we've arrived. We've like figured it out. And that's why I'm kind of excited about like what's coming forward for us is like, like that's always continued to be like, we're shifting what we're doing and we're shifting what we're talking about. It's not just like, I mean, this is a deconstruction podcast, but how do we continue to talk about the ever shifting idea of what that looks like? And if things don't shift, you get bored. Like, I think what was fascinating about that episode is that you were like, literally right before this all happened, you were like about to go on stage at church or something. And you yeah. were like, I'm so bored. Yeah. Because if we don't, ebb and flow and we don't like shift and grow it's not fun it's not fun. i mean it's also brutal to change but like and i would say it's also not just not fun it's not formative and that's mm, the thing like mm. i think if it's not fun i'll take that back to some if fun doesn't always have to be a part of formation yeah but like if i get up and i'm like i'm not feeling this like that's 
I could give you 30 minutes of eloquent exegesis. And if I don't heartfelt feel it, then what does that really matter? You know, yeah. I mean? like that's, and I, that's maybe cynical because maybe someone in the seats is like, man, that was the best thing I ever heard. And I've <laughs> given really, like I've given messages where I felt like they were clunkers and people have been like, that was really great. Mm. Um, and not just like mm. the the hand, like glad handing after worship. I hate that. But like the, hey, great sermon, pastor. Like, I don't love that. Okay. But I've had people be like, man, that was really good. But I do think like there's a level of your heart has to be in it for it to matter. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, this is so like in my edu- one of my education classes, they said it was like a cute little phrase, but they're like, kids don't care what you know till they know that you care. Mm. But it's like, I feel like that's actually really real. Like I if I so. don't, if, if people don't see me caring about things, then like, why should they care? Yeah. Well, we just talked about this at the end of the episode you weren't just on. Uh, well, two episodes ago, <laughs> me and Dustin talked yeah. about Mark Driscoll. And the idea you could be like, he doesn't care, right? Because he's being a real a-hole and he's like being really like, up. but the presumption was he deeply cared, mm, right? Like, mm. and so that's actually what gave him the most Absolutely. Like, sway was yeah. like, he cares about my salvation. Um, and so I think, and that's like a, maybe a bad example in terms of like a negative use of it, but like it's human nature. We care uh-huh. because we know the person cares. Mm. So... Okay, story? Story, yeah. I don't know that I have... Fun little self-celebration. Yeah. I like how we do that sometimes. We just gas ourselves up. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) We're doing good. Uh, Side note, when's the last time you raised the roof? Was that a thing when you were a kid? Did people raise the roof? (laughs) Um, I probably today in class, ironically, in front of my students. (laughs) And they're like, please stop. Please stop. Uh, Well, this will go down to history books. Season four, episode one. Longest intro yeah. history before getting to anything of meaning but uh so sorry you i think you know this or at least parts of it and no you do because you're integral to it uh so uh my wife yeah worked at a christian school here in the st louis region okay and she ended up i tell people i got her fired uh-huh. Uh, but she ended up taking another job yeah. at a school in our community where we actually live. She was uh, a student athlete there. She's in the high school athletic hall of fame. So it's like a yeah, wonderful thing coaching basketball there. It's a really wonderful experience that she's back there. But excuse me. What I want to talk about is that kind of journey. Yeah. And then kind of parlay it into a discussion on maybe organizations and like how they handle dissent yes so, I, I think that's perfect um so the story goes like the long story short it's not going to do any favors to my wife or the organization everyone involved we're not going to name the organization because no. it's just not helpful but she taught at this place for 15 years um she coached there she was a part of really big monumental moments mm-hmm. there and from when her and i met one thing became abundantly clear, and that maybe you've never heard and this. Can I say one thing? That's how I know her. Yeah, yeah I, do, I do know Yeah, that. she was my PE teacher so she's at you, that yeah, school. Yeah, you were one of her students. Yeah. Uh, but you may not know this. Okay. So, like, when we first met, I remember uh, Annie and I went on a walk, and she knew what I believed about things. Yeah. And we were, like, we were Jones About? Like, human sexuality. Yeah, okay. Women in ministry. I was, I was pretty progressive for where this school would have stood. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we want to walk and we were like feeling each other. Like we're like, we're, Hey, we like each other. Aww. And you had the butterflies. She, we had the butterflies. Yeah. And she was like, I really like you. And I'm going to, she said that. No, That's no, so no, cute. So, okay. No, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> sorry. She's going to be like, this. not how it went down, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right into the show. Amy. <laughs> 
uh, but so I, uh, I was, she's like, Hey, I'm like, I like you a lot, but I'm nervous about your beliefs and how mm. they're going to impact me in my job. Like she had Dang, just, she they, said that. Yeah. So that like, you, they had to sign, I don't know if students had to do this, but they had to sign like a covenant agreement essentially. Uh-huh. Right? And she was like, I'm very nervous about this stuff because not only of what you believe now I'm wrestling with what I believe. Can I wholeheartedly say, I believe all this stuff. And she signed it with like in for several years, signed it. And we continue to go back and I started the well and a year went by and it came into the next year and she came up to a point where she's like, well, maybe I should talk to someone Mm. and just be like, Hey, here's where we're at. And so she shared, uh, about kind of what was going on and like, Hey, my husband pastors this church, uh, pretty inclusive, all this kind of stuff. Asked a little bit more what inclusive meant and pushed a little bit. And they eventually, like said, the the principal was like, hey, I think it's not going to be a problem. Let me go talk to the head of school. 20 minutes later, he came back, said, hey, she should go take a job somewhere else. Um, All because of me. And my wife at this point, Annie, was like, I think I can still in good conscience sign this, which I mean, like that doesn't mean that she's not pro LGBTQ. That doesn't mean that she's not pro women in leadership, but she was like, I think I can still sign this and work here with good faith like mm-hmm. in good conscience. But because of my beliefs, they discounted her because she was associated with me and she's wrestling with those beliefs too. Like she's like, yeah. I, like trying to figure out what that means. So I ended up like leaving 15 years later after a 20 minute discussion, she was never a part of, she ended up exiting, finding a new job. And so I just want to know, uh, and you were offered a job at this place. And you were my pastor recommendation. <laughs> and, I, and I was your pastor reference. I think that's really funny it is to weird. me, right? Yeah, like, I mean, I remember I asked you to be my pastor reference and you said, I don't know if this is yeah, going to help I, you. I gave you every out possible. You did. <laughs> yeah. But it was, but I think like, I, in a very similar vein as how Annie felt, I wanted to be very open about where I was spiritually. And I was sure. like, you're my pastor. I don't want to find a fake pastor yeah. to be my pastor. Like, or you know an old I'm pastor s- that they would agree with. That I wouldn't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I guess my my question in the midst of this is to you, and this may be a loaded question because like you, you went there and yeah. you, you were offered a job there and you have probably great affections for there and hard things there from there. But so, so separated from that, but like where have you seen, where have you seen the harm in the way places like this, mm-hmm. and we can pull it back to some of our previous church experiences, yeah. engage dissent. Because I think that's where the heart of this issue comes from. It's not like how good of a Christian are you or what you believe, but like dissent of the agreed upon norms. Yeah. Where have you seen that done negatively? I mean, all I so that's what's so interesting about religious spaces in general, right? Is that... uh. There's not a uh, – I can't think of a lot of other places where people are coming together because of something they are agreeing on. Yeah, like – yeah. Like, that's not – and I mean, maybe that is a lot of things. But it's like, I don't go to school because we all believe the same thing. I go to school because that's my job. And then we teach. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you go to a club because it's like an affinity. But like, this is like a, a bigger – This is this is what I believe about the world – yeah. And I'm this is my place because I agree. Right. And that is what I think is so sketchy is because 
when we do that, I I get, I really do get the religious spaces are based on agreement of something, but it becomes, mm. it becomes agreement is the prerequisite for belonging. And that's what's so yeah. tricky. So I have my thoughts on this, but I want to hear yours first. Okay. Uh, like, so what, so say we're building a Christian community. Yeah. Um, and already inherently Christian maybe is, if I say Christian community, like being Christian's a part of it. Maybe. Uh-huh. Um, but what are the prerequisites? Like, cause I think that's yeah, what's that's really interesting. Question. Like, cause for this place, it was being, there were certain theological perspectives that you had to hold and there was no gray line. It was hard line. And so both, no, I guess just like for you, like, well, what, can I, yeah, go ahead. Can no, I feel, can I share a part of that story? Yes. Uh, okay, we can cut it out. But it's like, um, <laughs> before she was going to marry you, she actually had a conversation with someone and said, this is going on. And the only question they asked was, well, is the church that he works at LGBTQ affirming? Mm-hmm. And at the time, it like wasn't or something. And so it like worked out. Yeah, the church I was at was, we probably would have hired a LGBTQ person, but we wouldn't have married them or ordained them. Okay, so yeah. it was like, we were like, they're accepting but not affirming would have probably been the language but i remember talking to her like that was the one question yeah that was asked yeah i think i remember this too they were like is they were like he's at a umc church and they're like oh it's not a big deal uh but is it or do they do this (laughs) issue Uh uh-huh and which is funny because for this thread of christianity there are lots of other like having a women pastor would be an issue right like yeah but this was the one Mm non-negotiable what which I don't okay that I don't quite understand so you you asked the question it's a good question of like what are the what are your non-negotiables what are my non-negotiables I don't want to say the because I think we if we're deconstructing truly and being honest like we probably shouldn't be the next people to reconstruct the universal the yeah so I'm saying what are your (laughs) speak for yourself no I'm kidding (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, see that's really hard because I don't, I don't know. I kind of feel like there shouldn't be any, and maybe that's really idealistic of me to say that. Like in a Christian community, I just, this is what, this is my dream. I don't know if this is like happens. My dream is that a Christian community just means someone who wants to, if nothing else, engage the claims of Jesus Mm. and ponder God and the divine and like how we live. Yeah. Like to me, that is, that should be it. You said a lot of really good things on this podcast. That was really bad. No, it's it's really good. (laughs) I think if we, we, I think we're working on sweatshirts and mugs, right? Uh Engage the claims of Jesus. Like, I think that's the Mm. most, like, I think that's really interesting. Like what more is it to be someone walking with Jesus to engage the claims of Jesus. Because you look at some people, like they didn't actually change much about who they were, yeah. but they engaged who he said he was and what he claimed to be true. And I think that's really interesting where I see the juxtaposition of, and this, I, I always flip line. Like I never want to gas up the well, right? Like I never yeah. want to be like, we're crushing it. But like what we're trying to do is this, right? Yeah. And what we're trying to do here in the podcast is, is that. And where I see the negative side is like, it's actually please don't engage the claims of Jesus engage the claims of what we've told you is true about Jesus. 
And I think that's a really interesting. Yes. Like fundamental disagreement is like, and this is like not, it's not even denominational. It's like certain sides are like, we figured out everything Jesus said. And he was like, we're still kind of wrestling with that and trying to figure out what Jesus meant, but we're going to engage it all the same. Yeah. And it's like, if you don't engage how I engage on this side, you're just out of the, you're out of the group. And I remember, I hope this isn't sharing too much information. I remember in my interview at this place, we talked about that I was going to the well. And I was like, yeah, I'm wrestling with a lot of secondary issues, meaning women in ministry, LGBTQ people, like classic things like that. And classic. I don't know why I said that. But, um, classic. classic. <laughs> um, and they said, are you wrestling with this because you started attending the well? And I was like, no, I'm wrestling. I've, I was wrestling and I found a place that I was able to still worship God and still be in a spiritual space and be wrestling. And that was so freeing because I remember my very first day I walked into the well. Again, we're not trying to make this a gas up the well, but this is how we met. It's how I know you. And it's important. It's Um, part of our story as people. Yeah, you said, you're preaching on Galatians, and you said, this is a book of people wrestling with what it means to follow Jesus. And I was like, <laughs> that is so much more, like, doable. And, and but, like, I was like, oh, mm. I want I want to engage a book of people wrestling or engaging the claims of Jesus. Yeah. And, but instead, it's become, this is exactly mm. what Jesus meant, and you're done. I don't think I've ever asked you this. Another thing that should be on the t-shirt is, I think I've said this on the podcast. Oh my God, I know. Uh, But how much of like your upbringing, because interwoven with this school and this, this upbringing, right? Like how much was wrestling a part of it? Because like you've talked about like apologetics camp. You've talked about, you were, I don't know if we ever said this, you were Bible student of the year. Like you were, you knew your stuff and like you were locked in, right? And yes, so, that's like, interesting. So for how much of your upbringing were either you or those around you encouraged to wrestle? Because like for my, and before you answer, like for me, it was like wrestle with these things, like grapple yeah. with, and it wasn't even like sexuality or women in ministry, but like I re- like part of my introduction to the faith was like read the text and like, wrestle with it i remember reading those stories and being like not told you have to believe this but Mm, like what mm. do you see being told to you and i don't know that that's right so don't hear me saying like that's the way it should be done that's my perspective how much of your perspective was rooted or withdrawn from wrestling okay this i this is the image that's coming to me because i do feel like wrestling has in a sense always been a part of my story but I don't okay, know if cool. that was necessarily encouraged. Very much like this is how I see it. Is I see it as like I was given like this is what it is. This is the correct interpretation of scripture. We're nailing it. If you don't like it, then you're wrestling with the emotions of like, I don't like that this is what God says. And so basically it was wrestle until you shove down the emotion or mm. somehow make it yeah, make you were sense wrestling to, you. to be submitted by the truth yes you weren't like jacob well i guess that's how jacob like he was wrestling till he had his- i thought about that story all the time i was like i was like man i hate that god doesn't allow people uh, to be so gay so, mm-hmm. like for example and then i would just be like wrestling with god like god i freaking hate that and then i was just like 
uh, hopefully my upsetness will go away. Hmm. Like, so it was this wrestling of, like, my reaction and response and trying to shove it down. It was like trying to push a beach ball underwater over and that was the wrestling. Never try that. <laughs> Don't try my, this at home. <laughs> that's how I got my first bloody nose. Oh my god, really? <laughs> no, but oh, okay. Uh, you want to hear? I got my first bloody nose. Quick aside, my mom was throwing me pop flies in the backyard, and what a cool uh, mom! Like, yeah. So you, know, you throw them up, right? Yeah. My mom decided to because she's very unathletic. She decided to like just fast pitch it in my face. Love that. So it was pretty pretty uh-huh. wonderful. Um. So here's what I wonder in terms of of uh, I almost said the place. <laughs> So, in terms of the experience that you had, like, how much do you feel like it was truth absorption and, like, real, real learning, if that makes sense? Because, I like, for me, learning is exploration. Mm, mm. And how much do you think it was truth absorption? That is such a good question. I don't... We did a lot of exploring in grad. Like, I don't want to say that it was just like fed to me because it was, it's hard. It's really hard to explain. Yeah. It's like. Well, you think in, like, no one knows we're like necessarily, but like you're, uh, like you, you have very fond memories. Very fond memories. And so that, and so does Annie. Yeah. And I think that's the hard thing is trying to figure out, like, I have really fond memories of a lot of things that were destructive. Uh huh. And so how do you look back with clear eyes to try to say, like, here because i want to get to the end of like then how do we create organizations yes. that aren't that yes and i don't i don't i don't want this to be a bashing this place episode or like you know this is a destructive place like there's very good aspects of it and i it was a place where i was able to really engage my faith and really wrestle i don't know, like something you felt like you were able something. to wrestle to some degree i was able to wrestle and then at the end we were given the answer Okay. So, <laughs> right. you had me up to that. But I always was already on the right side. Sure, you're the smartest person. Well, because I was the PCA gal. Yeah, was that too much to say? I don't um, think so. But <laughs> I mean, I got the Bible award. I was freaking killing yeah. it. Um, what what were you? What were we talking about? I'm not sure, but can I ask you a different question? Absolutely. So one of the things that I find to be problematic is who you have speaking into leadership and who you have creating the vacuum of truth. Um, and not to say these people aren't that, but uh, I would be one that would advocate for diversity and eclecticness. Like, mm-hmm. And so you come from a PCA background, which is like men are elders, men are pastors, men are the drivers of the church. This yeah. this community is very similar. Um my wife said to me something like I had a good conversation, blah, 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 blah. And, and I was like, Oh, it's cool. You got to talk to all those dudes about this. And, and she was like, kind of laughed at it, but I was like, that's true. Like you didn't talk to a single woman, talk to a single LGBTQ person. You didn't talk to a single trans person, which is like probably never going to happen in a Christian school, maybe unfortunately, but maybe not going to happen. Uh, I don't know that she talked to anyone of color. I don't know who's on the board of this. But so for me, like, I think of the importance of diversity. Yeah. As an avoidance to creating destructive echo chambers. Like, yes. Um, no real question. But like, what do you think about? Like, are you, what do you think about that? It go, It's, I mean, that's, to me, that's so much of it is because if your echo chamber is people who, it costs them nothing to think that women aren't allowed to do certain things or gay people aren't allowed to do certain things. That doesn't affect their life. 
then there's to them there's nothing problematic going on. Yeah. But what you need to do is you need to elevate voices that say this is not okay yeah. and I don't feel heard, but but you'll never but you're trapped because if they don't bring in minorities to the table, yeah, of any kind. Of any kind, then they'll never hear that. Yeah. And isn't it wild, this is an aside, that if God was appointing elders to lead God's church, that it would just be straight white guys? <laughs> isn't that wild to like, yeah. think about? Like, well, God's a straight white guy. Um, I don't think that. No, you don't think that. Yeah. So what I will say, though, like because this is a group of straight guys, primarily white, I don't know if there's racial yeah. diversity. I will say that one of the people on this group, a straight white guy, um, did so good by Annie in the sense that like That's I think so awesome. reconciled with like his inability to have a clear picture and pastoring the church he was pastoring, I think realizing like, oh, I don't see all of these things. Mm, like mm. he villainized a group of people that he realized he was a part of the collective of. Wow. And then was like, oh, maybe I need to like expand my vision. Mm. And I think that was the most fruitful conversation that Annie had. And I think that's part of it. It's like, I'm a straight white guy, right? Yeah. Like, so I still hold a place of power within my church. Does that mean I have to give it up? Maybe. But does it mean that, like, I also should try to use my privilege and my power to invite other perspectives in? Like, that's equally as important. If I ever give my space away to someone else, wonderful. But I think that's the thing that I see a lot of people doing in my spaces. It's a fear of losing our spot. So we hunker down harder rather than trying to invite greater discussion and diversity of person into it. It's like, we just turn so in on ourselves. So we're like, I'm just going to be like, I'm not going to let anyone else in. And it's just going to be people like me. And that's the way to protect myself. Does that make sense? You know, it's like, it's this scarcity mindset. Like if I give someone else a piece of the pie, then I get less. Yeah. When in reality, like, I just, I don't think that's how it is. But it's yeah. also. But that's how we view it, right? We view it as that. We view like, if you get a piece, maybe I won't get one. But it's like an infinite pie. But we think if we give ours away, then the infinite replication of it will never come back to me. Do you think that's what it is? I do in some ways. Like I, because like for me, I have to reconcile this all the time. Like so, in my seat, I like I've just got here. I think I'm a hard worker. Mm-hmm. I think that I have pretty good theology. I think I'm an okay preacher. I think I do things <laughs> fine, right? Yeah. Like I think I do enough to uh-huh. have earned this seat. But then I also think about like giving spots away will i ever get my spot back right you do think i do think that that. like okay um even today like i was you and i were texting and like you're thinking about doing something in worship yeah and i like read it and i was like like personally i was like i would never do that um (laughs) and we we saw it Uh but i was like I, i thought about like is this what danny wants or is it what like the community needs I always thought, like, I trust you a lot. Like, I very few people would I, like, say, essentially I said, yes, let's talk about it. Yeah. Like, you've, you're you at a place where, like, I really trust you. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I think I want to, like, see where this goes. Yeah. But I think the hard thing is, like, a lot of people don't build relationships of trust mm. with people that don't only look like them. And so yeah. they don't know how to trust letting a person of color lead, a woman lead, an LGBTQ person. And part of that trust, and I've learned this the hard way and the right way, I, like, People have failed. But like failing in leadership is sometimes the most powerful thing that can be done. Absolutely. And it's like, I'd rather have you fail in leadership and support you through it rather than never give you the opportunity to do it. For real. Um, Which is why I'm going to let you fail this Sunday. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
solid talk about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, see, to me, how it was always framed to me, maybe it is the scarcity mindset thing. To me, it just always seemed like they were just like, we're just, we hate this too, but we just are, we have to follow the Bible. See, I hate that mentality because like, A, I don't think they do. And B, you don't I, think they hate it? No, I don't think they do. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like, it's, it's trying to be like, oh, I want to be one with you, but like, I'm just going to hang out in the VIP yeah. section. It's like, think about that. If you were You've in like, never experienced, if that. you were in the VIP section of a club, like, oh, bro, I wish I could. And it's like, we'll ask someone. And you're like, oh, I'm just mm. probably, I'm like, but I just, like I'm going to just go hang out with my friends now. Like, that is so much of how I felt in the PCA. I'm sure I've told this on here, but like, when I told a pastor, I was like, they just made a bunch of decisions and women couldn't be in the room. And he yeah. was like, women are allowed in the room. I was like, fine. Women weren't allowed to have clickers, which were how you voted. Yeah. And he was like, well, I mean, yeah, of course not. And I was like, and I was just like, so what is going to get done? Like, yeah. you don't seem that upset. He goes, well, it's unavoidable. Like, that's what's biblical. And I'm just like, but you got a clicker. Like, that's what I clicker. kept saying is I was like. Yeah, it's no problem that that's biblical for you. And sometimes I think we do this thing that what's more uncomfortable means it's biblical because if you don't like it, then it's probably God challenging you. But maybe it's just shitty. Yeah. I do think that's like, – because I don't disagree with – like challenging doesn't mean – like that can mean like, hey, you're growing, you're stretching. Yeah. But being frustrating or alienating – like because that's what I think is a perspective. If it alienates you – then it's somehow like it's God probing your heart. And I just don't see that to be true all the time. Like, I think that they would say, they have said this. So, like, they would say, like, for a woman like me who has some pastoral gifting, wants to be doing things like that. Whoa. I know. Oh, sorry I said that. Uh, it's for me a, like, God would give that to me but not let me use it to, like, teach me self-control and how to find unique ways to use my gifts that's wild so real quick i want to touch on this because this is not something that i would be really a broad in like so if someone would affirm you have pastoral gifts but it's like sell like they did they so you're pastoral but your your lot in life is to be denying of that to find other places to channel it yeah uh so that i know god more because of that and submit to like a better pastor as yeah. your husband. Yeah. So that I know that I'm not like a strong, because they would say in Genesis three, it says, he says to Eve, like in the curse, like your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Meaning like you'll want to rule over him, but he rules over you. And so for me to want to be in charge is the result of the fall. Mm. Yeah. And so I'm just over here like, well, <laughs> Do I, am I not in the image of God? Like, yeah. what is it? Yeah, I get equally, I not equal. I get really frustrated about that. And I imagine as someone that lived that experience, like that's like, I get frustrated, like hearing that. Yeah. Like, like you're just, you're so. I heard someone say on TikTok that like men or marriage is a kingdom and men are like little kings and like they're supposed to dominate their kingdom. And, and I was like, and this person was not joking. Like, it was very serious. I, I was, don't think they were joking. And I was like, whole, yeah, it's a yeah. weird thing to joke about. I was like, <laughs> that's a hot take. It's a hot take. But it's not in those circles because it's the echo chamber. It's exactly what you're saying. And here's the, okay, I this other thing, though. However, I want to maybe medium play devil's advocate. Sure. Okay. 
So this place, we've been talking a lot about like church spaces and or religious spaces in general. And then I was talking about how the well was a space where I felt like, I feel like we are, we're working toward and in a lot of ways already are a place where you can come and wrestle and not be sure. And we've modeled that from the pulpit. We've modeled that in that we have like roundtable discussions. Like, I think there's a lot of ways that you, you don't have to fully agree. Um, However, we are talking about a school and they want certainty. Well, they're promising a certain message given to kids. Sure. Yeah, product, I guess. So how does that change? Yeah, how does that change it? Well. Because there is this line, even in churches, of like, you can think this, but then you can't be on staff. We have friends who've had. Yeah. Or like, you can think this, but you can't have a voice. Yeah, I think it makes it interesting. Like, I think it's. Just because you're paying $20,000 to go somewhere, like, and I get, like, you're paying that to get the outcome, and so it, maybe that's the problem. But it, so it changes in the sense that, like, people, it becomes transactional. It becomes, like, I've bought a product, mm-hmm. and so it's, like, I, I'm not, like, for letting my wife go, it's, like, of course we're going to let her go. We fear that she's going to contribute to the product that we promised our buyers. She, she's just going to put pride flags all over the gym. Yeah, right, which she wouldn't have done. I know, sorry. Uh, but in the church, it's, like, we're not selling a product. We're selling... A relationship. Oh my god! Whoa. <laughs> but really, like we're <laughs> never sell- say that. Okay, we're selling. We're selling nothing and everything. We're selling. Yeah. like we believe Jesus matters, mm-hmm. and that this relationship in this community is really important. And we want to create something that is greater than your twenty thousand dollars tuition can buy. And like saying, like it's not just about like X Y Z together creates the perfect package. We're like come together, be a part of this and let's like wrestle with this together. And so like our end goal is very different. Yeah. They're trying to put out a type of student. We're trying to create a space to wrestle and wrestle together. Something interesting though, is I know families that send their kids to Christian schools. Often there are, there's like a insecurity of like, I don't feel like I'm, good enough or religious enough sure. or knowledgeable enough to give my kid all this information and I want them to leave mm. having this information. And like I would say like that I left with a ton of information and knowledge that has I that in a lot of ways has served me well and served me in my even in my deconstruction. Mm. Cause I am I'm well versed in the world in like the biblical world enough that like I can yeah. I can wrestle. So I think that's that's maybe you answered the question that you asked me. It's like so the end goal is like do we want people to leave with the most information they can have or a relationship? Stop. <laughs> no, but seriously, like do we want people to leave with like all the head knowledge <laughs> no, or like some sort it. of formative relationship with their creator? And I think that's where the difference is is like I've talked to other people that have gone through the same system, teachers, students, whatever. And it's like, we know a lot of stuff, but do we actually know what we believe about Jesus to be true? But honestly, I think that that is unrealistic to ask of a school what a church should be doing. Hmm. All right. We've talked long enough about this. I don't feel like we really wrapped it up, though. Well, I want you to land the plane. Okay. I think...
my campus ministry, we had the, this is going to go somewhere. Um, we had this, <laughs> uh, we had this saying that said, belong before you believe. And I think that's a fascinating saying because it is kind of sweet and it's kind of like, we'll get you. <laughs> like, yeah, we we'll get you eventually. Well, we say belong. behave and then believe like belief is the last part of the yeah i don't like that i don't don't i haven't really heard us say that that much i say it every time no just kidding (laughs) i was like um but it's like but to me there's an assumption there that you'll definitely get there sure and that's kind of cocky to be like Mm. you you're welcome now and you'll eventually get there that's a lot of pressure but if you don't you're out and you're gonna wonder when am i when is my time Mm. up and i have to agree and so the question is, what actually is a space where we say mm. – and again, I think I think it's okay to be honest about the fact that there are different kinds of religious spaces with different purposes. However, we need to create a space that says, you belong, and this is what we're going to do, mm. but this is not where you have to end up. Like that – like sure. – like, it goes back to my the poem called Church Growing where the guy the poet says a serious house where serious questions are met. I think that is what church should be. Yeah. Not that we don't laugh like that's not what it's No, not, I'm with you. Like talk about the big existential stuff. To yeah. me that should be church, not do we all end up agreeing on this? Yeah. Yeah, and part of that is like belong and then believe. It's like believe what we believe. That's the inherent, like, assumption, right? And, like... Yeah. Maybe it's, like, belong and then believe... Something. Something, right? Like... Or not, but, like... Yeah. Just freaking belong. Can belong. that be... Just I, freaking belong. I like that. You know, one of my favorite poems ever written was, Jesus Loves Me. This I Don't Know. Are you making fun of the article I wrote? Yeah. <laughs> Did you read it? <laughs> you mentioned it on the podcast. Okay. Pretty dope title. <laughs> it's a really good title. Jesus loves me. This I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> scathing. What's more scathing, that title or your Goodreads reviews? Goodreads reviews. Yeah. Fair mm. enough. Um, but yeah, so I think I mean I think that is hopefully the encouragement is processing through this. We've all experienced. Okay, we've all meaning you and me have experienced <laughs> uh, <laughs> situations where we didn't quite fully agree. I mean, sure. I was. I don't think I've shared this on the podcast. I was asked to step down from leadership of my campus ministry because I was re- was wrestling. Mm. And so and I was like I'm not not like I just I'm not sure. I just am thinking about things and they're like well then you can't be a leader. Yeah. And that sucks. And that it su- it hurt a lot because that was that was an example of if you don't believe then you no longer belong. Yeah. Yeah, you were out of the collective once you weren't a part of like the agreed upon doctrine. And I don't think that's how it should go. Yeah. I'm with you. And I, think, I hope that's the encouragement. Yeah, I think like trying to find spaces where it's like even if a church like the well is like believe or belong, behave, believe, it's like saying like your belonging is the most important part. Like we hope that maybe you do because we find it valuable. But your belongings never at stake because you don't behave and believe like we do. Which I think is what you're saying a little bit. Is like mm-hmm. you felt like belonging was contingent on eventual belief. And I think saying like 
we want you to just know you belong, period. But you don't realize that about those spaces until you start to question something. Yeah. Because you think it's unconditional. Because they say it's unconditional. And then all of a sudden, you don't hit one of the conditions. You don't agree with all the points. And then you're like, oh, it isn't unconditional. Mm. They don't just love me because they love me. Yeah. Tell my wife that. <laughs> That's how her experience went at her school that shall not be named. She was kicked out. She didn't believe all the right things. No, yeah. I'm I'm saying the same thing. I know. I was agreeing with you. Oh. Are we on different pages today? Well, then you were like, tell me. I thought you you were like, how dare you say that? That wasn't her experience. Sorry. No, that was like a tell me about it. It was Like you freaking nailed it. Okay, got it. Yeah, I nailed it. I've never seen so much more fear in your eyes and in my eyes. Well, you looked kind of pissed. I was like, I don't know what they said. Um, All right. So, Em, Ali, in the midst of this discussion. You tried for the nickname and it didn't work. I don't think it worked. I wasn't into it. Yeah, I I wasn't really either. I'm glad you stopped. stopped. What's your word of encouragement for people as they go from here? Find a place where you belong. You deserve that. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you know you belong in this space, whatever we're trying to create. Listen to this podcast on TikTok, whatever we're vibing. Like, there are places that will fully accept you for you. And no matter wherever you end up. Like, you told me, you freaking said this to me, and it was so beautiful. Ugh. You said, hey, like, I think your journey is awesome, and, like, you were like, the well loves you, and the Liebergers love you, even if at the end of this, you don't end up a Christian. You said that to me. And that was, like, the freedom that I felt in that, Mm -hmm. truly, of, like, like, to me, you exactly modeled that. You said, you were like... You are you belong. This is your space, regardless mm. of if you end up here, or like in like regardless if you end up agreeing with us. Sure. And that is what I, I hope the encouragement is find those spaces, and also the encouragement is be those spaces. Mm. And you're doing a really good job of that, even if you don't always realize that. Appreciate that. That's really nice. It um, was really nice what you said. Yeah. Well, I meant it, and I think I would echo that as an encouragement to like mm. anyone watching, listening. Like, we want you to be a part of this community, not to an end, but to just say, like, you belong and you're welcomed and we care about you as people and we want to be with you. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Well, thanks for listening and embrace the journey.